Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study where tonight we continue on in the letters from the Apostle Paul, our buddy, who, uh, you know, it's just a good idea to keep going since we finished up with Philippians, Colossians. Just keep on, we'll keep on trucking this way. Uh, Colossians is a little different from Philippians in the fact where he's addressing a little bit more uh, the difficulties that are going on there. It, it is still a book of encouragement, but there's some issues he's having to address. Uh, things like the Judaizers, always stands up, those who legalists who are trying to make sure that all the Gentiles fall all the... the uh, the law, go through all the ceremony and everything else. Gee, you ever been in a church that's kind of been like that? If you don't show up with a bright hat or whatever, you're, you're in deep bandini. Well, that's why Paul's uh, letters are so good for us. And also there's something else that's going on in Colossa that uh, you might find interesting. There's worship of angels. And uh, people can do that yet today. You know, uh, praying to saints. Sorry, that doesn't do you any good. You know, uh, uh, somebody who died before you and praying to them, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. The only, only prayer that is effective is through Jesus Christ to our uh, Father in Heaven. And so that's what we do. Now, with that, uh, first thing I'd like to do uh, tonight is open with prayer. Uh, there's a couple of our friends um, that, that need prayer that actually I have uh, one friend who uh, Steve who just uh, went through uh, successful surgery on Tuesday and one of the guys is cheerleading down here on Thursday nights Mike Mitchum well he's getting a knee replacement as he probably says finally tomorrow so uh, please join me in prayer gracious Heavenly Father we thank you that uh, Steve's surgery went successfully this past Tuesday. We pray for a, a uh, quick recovery, and we pray for, for Mike's knee surgery tomorrow as, uh, boy, that's getting to be really something, Lord, where it, it's an in-and-out procedure. Lord, just be with the doctors and everyone in attendance. And also I pray for my friend Mike Ferguson, who got his foot messed up this week, that you heal him completely as well and keep him in your care. And, Keep us all in your care, Lord, and open our hearts to your word tonight. And we pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Okay, here we are. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it, it, as it is also among you since the day you heard it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also heard from Epaphras, our dear 
fellow servant who is a faithful minister in Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us to the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible, invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh among, uh, through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight, in, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. And now, I now rejoice in my suffering for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery through the Gentiles, me, pardon me, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Okay, again, our, uh, this takes place in the city of Colossae which at this time wasn't necessarily as colossal as it was about 400 years prior uh, when it, now it is a, a, a town that's on a trade route, 
but it isn't necessarily as an important town as it was once before the Persian Wars in the 5th century BC, okay? Uh, it's about 100 miles east of Ephesus, and of course it's in modern-day Turkey, like most of the places that we speak of here, and it kind of been overshadowed by this time, which is 63, and I'm not talking about 1963, I'm talking about ot 63. Uh, it's being overshadowed by Laodicea, which is something you've probably heard of from the book of Revelation, and Heropolis as well. So, again, it's not necessarily a large town. It's a town that was colossal at one time, but is now kind of shrunk inside. Now, uh, it is founded, the church, pardon me, the church there was founded by Epaphras, a, uh, a fellow who seemed to have come to know the Lord in, in Ephesus under the apostle Paul. And Paul said to him, hey, why don't you go back to your hometown and start a church there? How about that? Well, it's a little bit more of a commissioning than that, but this, this is the gist of it. That So now Epaphras came back to his hometown mostly Greek, and started this church. And uh, it was, again, while our, uh, our hero Paul was imprisoned in Rome that Paul writes this letter, again, around AD 63. And it is a corrective letter, again, uh, taking uh, issue with the Judaizers, those who desire uh, us to also follow all the ancient laws, right, to, for salvation. Uh, once again, none of us can earn our way into eternity. The price was paid by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean good works are not a thing that you should do? Of course not. Uh, it is a response, so it is not a way to earn your way into heaven. And this is something that Paul is addressing here. And also, again, they had a strange deal where they were uh, worshiping angels there, too. And we'll see how Paul addresses that later. But he begins off, as he does, this is a standard uh, Pauline uh, greeting that he does, which is wonderful. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. I always like to point this out. It's by the will of God, not by his will, not by some man's will, but by the will of God, he is an apostle. And he recognizes that. And Timothy, our brother. And again, Timothy, I like to call him an apprentice. He was uh, someone that Paul was mentoring, someone younger, that also was well known in the different churches that Paul is writing to. Because pretty much been hanging out with Paul. Okay, verse 2, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossus. So he's only writing this letter to those people who are pure, right? The saints. Well, no. Guess what? You're a saint. All you guys here are a saint. Consider me a saint too, not because of how neat I am or how neat any of it else out there is. It's through the blood of Jesus that we are sanctified, such as now we are saints. Really good. Okay, to all the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, and again, I like this greeting, grace and peace to you, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, again, something that is a Christian greeting, 
grace because we got the grace through Jesus Christ and peace, shalom, the Hebrew greeting. He covers all bases. Yeah, I think that's not a bad way to greet people, period. I had a friend of mine that I was in Kiwanis with who every time he'd say, he'd say, peace. I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't know that he was a Jewish guy using the translation for shalom, but he would say that. I thought, you know, that's not a bad way to go if you can remember to do it. And of course, when you're having a rotten day, it's kind of hard to say such things. Verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Although Paul had never visited Colossa, he and Timothy are praying for the church in Colossa. Sort of like when we send off missionaries from our churches, you know what, I got a pretty good idea. I will not ever visit uh, Beharon, right? But there are missionaries over there that we pray for and support. You name, you name the country that Willie's probably not going to visit, there are missionaries over there that we are praying for and that we also are supporting financially. It's interesting, I am blessed to be able to attend the uh, staff meetings at, at our church and we, get the, we receive these letters from these different missionaries that are being supported and it's just so wonderful to hear what's going on, uh, how Christ is being preached in places where it's punishable by death and how, how these people are. So again, here we have Paul praying for a church that he's never been to, just as we pray for those that we send out to different churches we've never been to as well. Verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Faith, hope, and love, right? We, we pray always for you. Since we heard of your faith. Boy, you know, Epaphras came back and you know, somehow or another communicated with Paul saying, hey, these people are faithful. And boy, talk about, it, it makes Paul a happy guy. And since we heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for the saints, how do you show love for saints? It's kind of tough sometimes. There are some people that we need to show love to that don't seem to be very lovable. Uh, I think we all can have uh, relatives of some sort that uh, are kind of tough to handle. Uh, but we ought handle that. We ought uh, treat them in a loving manner. God didn't say it'd be easy. Just said that that's what we ought to do. Okay, so we go on in verse five. He says, again, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. That good news which has come to you as it has also in all the world. Here's, here's a note on that where it says, the doctrine of the gospel is represented, represented as a traveler whose object is to visit the whole habitable earth. So rapid, rapid is this traveler in his course that he had 
already gone nearly through the whole of the countries under the Roman dominion and will travel on until he has proclaimed his message to every people and kindred and nation and tongue. The word of God, the gospel message that we continue to share. Okay, throughout the world. It says, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Understanding the truth of being saved by grace. Verse 7, as you also learn from Epaphras, remember the man that our friend Paul sent off, and again, I wish they would have named these guys something a little bit easier for me to pronounce, but our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Again, it's just like us receiving those letters back from those who are missionaries, hearing the good news of those who have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and what they are now doing. It's good to hear from that. Good to send people off. Good to hear what's going on. Verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and in spiritual understanding. Paul is not desirous. Well, he is desirous that the Colossians and us are not ignorant of these things. Okay, this is where he starts addressing where people are starting to come in and given some wonky ideas that we need to stay clear of, that they need to stay clear of, and we as believers need to stay clear of as well. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him. Okay, walk worthy of the Lord. We just talked about that last week, about not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. It's easy to say, yes, Jesus, I love you, Lord, and then go off and do something stupid that shows to others that, no, you probably don't. And that you're fully pleasing to Him, walking in a manner in which to please God, not us, not man. Because that happens. You know, you, you try... There are times when we try to fit in, and it may sometimes start off with good intentions. So you want to sit, you want to fit in, so that way you can share the love of Christ, right? But you can go too far. Did you happen to see the silly thing in the newspaper this morning where the Pope decided that same-sex unions are just great? This is trying to fit in too much. I'm sorry. Uh, this is not of God. Uh, if you don't like that, <laughs> Don't keep these cards and letters coming, but uh, look in what Scripture has to say about it. God's really clear about this. Does that mean that we need to persecute people who are of homosexual or lesbian uh, bent? No. But does that mean that we condone sexual sin? No, it does not. It says right here, it's not me saying it, it's God saying it. Okay being fruitful in every good work and increasing in 
the knowledge of God. We look now at John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, where it says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Does this mean that whatever we ask for, oh gee, I want that new uh, Corvette. Those, by the way, are pretty neat. Do I want that new Corvette and God's going to give it to you? No. When you are following Him, you are in tune with what God is desirous for you. So then you say, Lord, whatever you desire, and He will show you. It's back to delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Seems simple. It really is. Verse 11. It be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience. That's something we all love, right? We all want to pray for patience because we desire to have all that opportunity to have our patience tried. I don't know. There's been somebody down here at Ed Martin Garage that's been praying for patience is all I can say. Because it has not been... There's been plenty of opportunity for patience to be exercised. Okay, patience and long-suffering with joy that you know when you when you do when you when you focus on the Lord you can do these things with joy again not easy but that's what works giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the Saints in the light we are as daughters and sons in the saints of the light not by our own works but by god's work being qualified by him anybody who's ever been in any sort of competition understands what it means to be qualified to have to qualify i don't care if you're a uh, a uh, track and field guy or you're a race car guys like most guys i know sometimes qualifying can be difficult I uh, was blessed to be involved with an A-fuel dragster back in the mid-90s, you know, injected nitro burner. Man, that was neat. But I'll tell you what, every time we went to Pomona, well, we never qualified at Pomona. No matter what we, it just beat us like a government mule. It was just tough. The worst time was we, we were all set, boy, we had this thing ready to go. We're going we're gonna to make the field on this run, we thought you know what, we better go down and weigh this thing. So we drag it down to the big end and we weigh it. And we're figuring, boy, we use up all the fuel we're planning on. We might just be a little bit light. So there was a weight box in the rear with a, with a bung and then poured lead shot in there. Well, it doesn't go down very well. So I'm back there shaking the wing struts. Okay, and it all goes down and everything's neat. Now, realize when we were back in the pits before we towed this thing out, we did our usual routine shut off all the fuel, pull the spark plugs out of it, windmilled it to make sure that we're not getting any fuel, any fuel left in the cylinder whatsoever, right? Well, we get out on the line and we go to start it, and I'm running the starter button, and my friend Mike is pulling off on the ground strap off the magneto, and it blew the cylinder head off it. Shaking it, a little dribble of nitromethane in there, we should have backed the thing down. Talk about a bad day at the drag strip. Talk about not qualifying. 
Here, God is the one that qualifies us. Luckily, we don't have to qualify ourselves. It says right here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified. He has enabled us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, not by our own works. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Here's a note. The power of darkness lulls us to sleep. The power of darkness is skilled at concealment. The power of darkness afflicts and depresses man. The power of darkness, here's one, can fascinate us. The power of darkness emboldens some men. The power of darkness, Satan himself. This is what he has done. He has delivered us from that power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Conveyed, just transferred. Like think, think of a conveyor belt taking us from one end here to the darkness to light in Christ. And that's the conveyance that God has done for us. Verse 14 of his son in love his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins that is the gospel we have redemption through Jesus Christ through his blood who paid the price that we should have paid that is the gospel gospel message forgiveness of sins verse 15 he meaning Jesus is the image of the invisible god the manifestation of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, this is where some people erroneously stop to try and promote their thought. Arianism, where it says that uh, Jesus is not God, He is the Son of God, not fully God. We'll continue here and it'll explain better. But this is where things stop. There are certain, certain cults that if you ask, who Jesus is, He is the Son of God. Then you ask, is He God? He's the Son of God. No. He is God, fully God and fully man. Okay, this is, this is the uh, deal where they, they do, they stop. Okay. Note three. The ancient rabbis called Yahweh Himself firstborn of the world. Ancient rabbis used firstborn as a messianic title. God said, as I made Jacob a firstborn in Exodus 4:22, so also I make King Messiah a firstborn. That's Psalm 89:27. So this is what it is, and we continue on here. Not only is Jesus the firstborn over all creation, and he was there, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing that was created has been created without Him, meaning Jesus Christ. Verse 16, for, and this is what it says, For by Him, meaning Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. This is something that the uh, ancient creeds would say, uh, boy, all of a sudden it's escaping me. Nicene Creed says this specifically, and that's what they were trying to do. And I, I'm not trying to promote any sort of creed or anything like that, but that's what they were trying to do is it makes, hey, this is what we believe. 
created all things, visible and invisible, which it says right here in Colossians. Okay, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. Keep getting all these alls in here again, right? And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, which is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Not only was Jesus firstborn of creation, firstborn of the dead. What does that mean? That means he was the first to be resurrected, right? Not only there at the creation, but the first one there in resurrection. That all, in all things he may have the preeminence. This is again speaking of the deity of Christ, which speaks against this Arianism deal where they're saying, oh, he's just the son of God, he's not truly God. Baloney, he is truly God. Verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him the fullness, all the fullness, should dwell in him. This is this is disputing the Gnostics that were going around again saying that Jesus not fully God. Here it is. Another note. The fullness has been put into Jesus Christ. Not into a church. Not into a priesthood. Not into a building. Not into a sacrament. Not into the saints not into a method or a program, but in Jesus Christ himself. It was put into him as a distribution point so that those who wanted more of God and all that he is could find it in Jesus Christ. It's not through, the fullness is through Jesus Christ. It's not through a church. It's not through a pastor. It's not through a priest. It's not through a saint. It is totally through Jesus Christ. All things. Okay. Verse 20. And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Again, the sacrifice for us all. Verse 21. And you, speaking not only to the Colossians, but to us believers, you, meaning us, who once were alienated before we were saved we were alienated from god and enemies in your own mind by wicked works yet now he christ has reconciled isn't that the, that again that's more the gospel message that is the good news that we are reconciled to god through christ in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy which means set apart, and blameless, not sinless. Remember that. We're not sinless. You know, again, that, <laughs> there's a great song in the 60s, Spirit in the Sky, right? Really neat, fuzzy guitar and all that kind of deal. And silly words, though. Never been a sinner, never sinned. I've got a friend in Jesus. Baloney. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 9, right? Great song, Rotten Theology. We are not sinless. We are blameless through Jesus Christ who paid the price for our sins. Ta-da! And above reproach 
in his sight. Wow, us chief of sinners, just like Paul refers to himself as the chief of sinners. Chief of sinners, but above reproach through Jesus. If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. He does not want the Colossians to be moved away by these false teachers, nor does he want us to be moved away by false teachings either. If it sounds wonky, check it out for yourself in Scripture. That's why we have, that's why we have these things. You know, Martin Luther thought that once the people had the Scriptures in a language that they understood, that a lot of things would go, go away. Doesn't work that way. Your heart has to be opened up to it, you know. But there we are. We are blessed. They were not blessed in this manner back in 63 AD to have the entire canon set before them. We have it. Look into it. Be sure. So he doesn't want us to be moved away from the gospel by these false teachers. Okay, verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Again, where is he? He's in prison. Why is he in prison? Because he was preaching the gospel. Okay. Started, well, there seemed to be a riot, and he got sent off, and they were going to prosecute him. He says, you know what, I think, since I'm a Roman citizen, I think I'll go, go bring my uh, case directly to Caesar. And everything came to a screeching halt, and they sent him off to Rome. Okay. It says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Not in Christ's afflictions, but his afflictions, Paul's afflictions, because of his faith in Christ. Now, fortunately, none of us here can say that we have been put in chains or beaten with rods or stoned or shipwrecked or anything like that that our... That our uh, hero Paul here has. Uh, if it were so, I pray that we would be in the same place that Paul is, where he is able to fill up in the flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, and for his sake, his body, again, which is the church. Paul, like Jesus, was not a self-centered man. He was an other's person. Wow. That speaks to us at times. It's pretty, it, I, I heard it, it's interesting. I heard this today on the radio that they say one of the greatest uh, chances for becoming a narcissist uh, in your workplace, the, one of the greatest professions where people are narcissistic happens to be preachers. Isn't that interesting? Well, then you can see how it can happen. Because you get people, you know, here you are in front of people and you're talking, they come up to you and tell you, oh, gee, that was a great word and all this stuff. And you get full of yourself. Boy, be more like Paul and say, no, 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 chief of sinners, thank you very much for the comments, but stay that way. Okay, verse 
25, of which I became a minister, the church, according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. It was not taken by him. He didn't, again, God is the one who made him an apostle. He didn't appoint himself. No one else appointed him. It was by God, period. Verse 26, the fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. What mystery is he referring to here? The mystery of our salvation. How do we, again, and it, I'm, I'm a broken record tonight, but how, how do we be, how are we saved? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Back to the cross. That's it. That's it. Nothing that we did. And that was the mystery that was revealed through Jesus, the way that we received salvation. Not by our good works. Again, nothing wrong with good works, but it doesn't, it doesn't achieve the salvation for us. 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Remember, a lot of the Jews didn't feel that Gentiles should be saved. Okay, thought Gentiles to be dogs. Okay, wouldn't go in and eat dinner with them. Hmm. Almost sounds like something that we do as Christians at times. We have this idea, okay, here it is. How many of you are willing to share the gospel with a Muslim? I've never had the opportunity. They don't seem necessarily, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to say one thing one way or the other. But, you know, if presented the opportunity, I would hope that everyone here and everyone in listening land might say, you know what? I need to present the gospel to this guy. Because what greater thing? Okay. To the riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, what's the mystery? Christ in you. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Warning every man, counseling every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Not by themselves, not by our works, but in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, to this end, I also labor, striving according to his workings, which works in me mightily. Here it is. To this end, I also labor. Paul doesn't just sit around and do nothing, right? An example for us. Okay, that's great. You know what? Man, this is great. I, I love Thursday nights. I love Tuesday nights. I love any time where we can be in the Word and we can worship. I love it. But it's more to being a follower of Jesus Christ than just a couple of days a week or anything like that. It's a daily thing. To die daily to our sins. To come to the foot of the cross daily and guess what our sins are forgiven it's not it's not again by us it's by the blood of jesus christ at the cross i always have to ask this on tuesday nights questions comments or smart aleck remarks
seeing none <laughs> and hearing none, I'll, I'll close with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word, for your love, and this opportunity we get to meet and be in your presence. Lord, I pray your continued blessing upon everybody, not only here in person, but those who are listening over the internet. Lord, just wrap your loving arms around them. As, as, uh, as my friend, Pastor Rick Cornejo has to say, he says, hey, if nobody's told you that they love you today, I love you. Jesus loves you. And we pray this in his name. Amen.